just have a chance at that elusive NBA title. And now, and now the main event. And welcome to the main event. Tonight we're going to be talking about the Indians. We're going to take a look back on the 2008 season, and we're going to look ahead and see what moves might be made and what we can expect from the Indians next year. Joining us tonight for the main event is Todd Derry from ToddDerry.com. That's T-O-D-D-D-R. D-E-R-Y, sorry, .com. Uh, Todd, you might recognize him from uh, formerly from DumpingDavidDelucci.com, which was, of course, formerly uh, DumpingCaseyBlake.com. Uh, uh, Todd, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Rick. And with us, uh, of course, is Craig, Craig from uh, the Waiting for Next Year site. We're going to go ahead and jump uh, head first in here. Uh, guys, aside from Cliff Lee, which obviously was uh, the Indians' most pleasant surprise uh, uh, this year, aside from Cliff, Cliff Lee, what was the biggest surprise player that you saw? Uh, Todd, we'll give the first word to you. I'd say uh, I, I had two. I mean, I, I would say the emergence of Shinsu Chu and Kelly Shopik, Um were huge. I don't think any of us, you know, the, the Indians brass had told us while Chu was hurt, you know, well, wait till Chu gets here, wait till Chu gets here. And all, all I really remember of him was more of a, a punch and Judy kind of hitter that we saw briefly over the last two seasons. But, I mean, the guy was a man possessed in the, in the uh, last uh, two months of the season. I mean, he, he really tore the cover off the ball. And he proved to be uh, an everyday player. I know Eric Wedge said, uh, in his outgoing press conference yesterday that uh, he'd like to see him prove it over more than three months, but I think that we would all agree we would take his full season uh, out. You know, 309, 14 homers, and uh, 66 RBIs and 317 at-bats. I mean, projected out over 500 at-bats, you'd take that all day long, I would, I would assume. Sure, and his defense was really nothing to sneeze at either. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you forget. I mean, this is the guy, the, the number one thing about him that you always heard was he had a rocket arm, and he was a natural right fielder. And I think uh, uh, we've seen enough popcorn arms between David DeLucci. And, I, mean, I love Grady, but he, he's not exactly throwing anybody out. Coco Crisp, when he was manning center, he you know he makes a lot of spectacular catches. He didn't have much of an arm. But uh, we've seen a lot of weak arms in the outfield, and, and have Chu and Gutierrez, for that matter, out there is, is, is a big help. Sure. And then your other one, you said Shopik? Yes. I mean, Shop, uh, if, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that Kelly Shopik was going to lead all American League catchers in home runs, uh, I would have asked you what you were smoking. But uh, he really was terrific. 21 homers in uh, 352 at bats. I mean, he had more home runs this year than some, you know, David Ortiz. I would, I would take that all day long. And I think he's really forced his way into the lineup uh, next year. You're gonna you're gonna have to get him regular bats. I, I don't think you can uh, afford to have him sit regularly, either that or or you got to trade him in, in the off season. Use him as your big bargaining chip, and, and get yourself that uh, infielder they've been talking about. Craig, how about you? Biggest surprise this season? Uh, well, first of all, I, I agree with everything that Todd said. So I'm gonna go a little bit off the board, and I'm gonna say uh, is Drupal Cabrera because. You know, we had such huge expectations for the guy. He was basically untouchable going into the season in terms of the trade market. Uh, Shapiro talked constantly about the fact that he'd received calls. People were trying to get this guy. And at 22 years of age, the Indians weren't willing to let him go. Put up a miserable, it's just a miserable start to the season. Couldn't do anything offensively. And then he goes down. He makes all the adjustments that he needs to make. He works on his conditioning because apparently Eric Wedge thought his conditioning uh, or his diet was in need of an adjustment, and he comes back, and he, he ends up doing a pretty respectable 259 for the year. Um, I think I think defensively he's he's a, a great addition to the club, and the fact that he was able to 
you know, uh, come around in the face of the adversity and, and turn his season around just makes him uh, probably my biggest surprise. i got to tell you, I really enjoyed watching him play uh, the last two months of the season. It's almost like, you know, they sent him down and he got it. Some guys you send down and they just don't get it and they mope and they don't take advantage of that time down there. He really did. He hit 416 in the month of September uh, and, and playing gold glove infield, except for that one game at short when uh, Johnny was at third. He made those two errors against Chicago. But I, I totally agree with you, Craig. Uh, I'm a big AC fan. I have uh, high hopes for him next year. Well, and I think, too, when, you know, when – when all of us saw as Dribble go down, you know the, the name that flashed in our heads, of course, was Brandon Phillips. Oh yeah. I think everybody was was scared that oh you know is this going to end up being another head case? You know what's going to happen here? But so uh, yeah, as Dribble certainly um, uh, turned his season and and you know quite possibly his career with the Indians around, you know by um, by making that turn. All right, let's 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 flip it a little. Wait, can bit. I say one more thing? Yeah, please you? go ahead. Meanwhile. If you would have told, by the way, Seattle made two trades with us uh, a couple of years ago. One was Ben Broussard for Shinsu Chu. The other one was Isdrubal Cabrera uh, for Eduardo Perez. I, I mean, how about those two steals by Shapiro? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And certainly a Seattle team that would be, uh, you know, would would love to have both of those players now. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's, let's look. The biggest disappointment about this season, obviously, you know, we could harp on injuries all year, um, but uh, – uh, trying to to take that out of the equation. What's, what was your biggest disappointment? Let's start with Craig. Uh, my biggest disappointment for this entire team was the bullpen, and the, the cornerstone of that um, certainly is not Joe Borowski. It's uh, Rafael Betancourt. Um, to, to think just how dominant Rafi was last year and then to see the numbers and the, and the struggles that he went through this year, it was really, it was really an eye-opener because – I just thought at least one of the two Rafaels was going to come through this year, and Rafi Perez did come through a little bit towards the end. Um, but Betancourt falling off was really probably the biggest disappointment for me, and I thought it was probably the biggest loss to, for that bullpen. Uh, if he if he has a better season, it may be a little more contagious. It might anchor that bullpen a little bit better. Okay. I completely agree with you. Uh, I had a couple things written down. One was, was the bullpen and Betancourt in, uh, in particular. Um, if you look at, there was an article Paul Hoynes wrote a few weeks ago talking about when, when Cliff had, I think, 22 wins. The amount of wins he could have had that the bullpen blew it. And it, I think it was something like he, he had four more wins where he was, we had the lead going into the seventh inning or the eighth inning, and uh, it was blown. And Betancourt had a, had a really big hand in that. I, I will say uh, he was stubborn, and I think he started to turn it around in September, and, and I do think he'll be fine next year. Um, you touched on it a little bit. My a big disappointment to me was the brass, uh, Mark Shapiro and his and his guys thinking they were going to get 45 saves again and another magical season out of Joe Borowski. Uh, I think that was a serious miscalculation on their part. Uh, and he was gone by April, but the damage had already been done. You had to slot everybody up. Betancourt wasn't ready. Jensen Lewis wasn't ready. And it really killed the season. The bullpen really killed the season early on. I mean, had we stayed afloat, had that bullpen stayed somewhat afloat early on, we may have been three, four games back with two weeks to play. And, you know, the way we were playing, who knows what would have happened. And they had to have an inkling of that Borowski injury. I don't, I don't know how he could have hidden it to the, you know, I, he – the dude just wasn't right. He wasn't the same guy he was last year. Even though he had some interesting saves, some scary saves the prior year, 
he definitely wasn't the same guy who showed up this year. Uh, I went to that that uh, Boston game where he gave up the walk off, the uh, ninth inning homer to Manny Ramirez early in April, and I had left. I don't normally do this, but I, I left in the bottom of the eighth, and everyone was yelling at me around me. Where were you going? I said, do you really want to be here to watch Borowski blow this game? Because I, I know I don't. I get into the car, and the first thing I hear is Tom Hamilton say, his fastball is topping out at 83. Something is seriously wrong with him. And I truly believe the reason Louis Isaac, who was got fired the other day, is because of, of things like this. If, if your guy is warming up throwing 83 miles an hour, are you really going to bring him into a run, one-run game against Boston and, and try to close it out? So, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you guys in the bullpen, absolutely. You know, you brought it up. Um, Louis Isaac spent the last 44 years of his life uh, in some capacity with the Cleveland Indians. And then, you know, uh, Wedge uh, up and, and fires him, you know, the day they get back from the uh, Chicago series. Now, I, I, honestly – some of the struggles of the bullpen, you'd like to think, you know, maybe somebody could have said something. Maybe, you know, there was an adjustment that could have been made. Perhaps Louis Isaac did need to be demoted or whatever uh, from bullpen coach. But he, I'm just kind of amazed that after 44 years of service that they couldn't find something for Louis Isaac to do. You know, scout. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I was just kind of blown away by that. Um, but that's more of a, I guess, a... Uh, an organizational uh, complaint or gripe. Um, you know, it certainly seemed odd. Yeah. yeah, at the very least, and I don't think that we've completely we we completely understand the story yet. To be honest with you, there's probably more coming from that. But um, uh, you know, one of my biggest disappointments uh, is the fact that here we are in the off season and we're talking about or we're about to talk about the same areas of need. <laughs> And it seems like we're we're not solving any problems. Um, you know, if you looked at this team last year after the the collapse to the Red Sox and said, you know, well, what what needs to improve? You know, we would have said, well, we we'd like to have a you know a better play, better at bats from our third base position, you know, the corner outfield position. Um, you know, we we'd talk about those types of things. We we certainly would have brought up the closer situation. Um and, and so here we are and, and we're about to ask the question, what's the Indians' biggest area of need going into next year? And my fear is it's exactly the same as it was last year. And so I guess that's my biggest disappointment is that we didn't improve in these areas that, that we had a glaring weakness in last year. Uh, so kind of going into that, um, Todd, why don't you kick us off? Biggest area of need, what do you see this team needing to do in the off season? First of all, Rick, that was an excellent segue. You're Thank a pro. You. Thank you very much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, the biggest need, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. When you're, I mean, if you, if you talk about last year, uh, the guys that were talked about in the offseason were guys like a third base, uh, Troy Gloss, Scott Rowland, uh, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, Adam Dunn, guys like that, power corner guys. Now, again, uh, you know, I have to agree. I mean, obviously you're going to need bullpen, but to me, moving Johnny to third base, Johnny Peralta to third base is a natural to moving Isdrubal Cabrera to shortstop, which means I think we need a second baseman. Uh, Terry Pluto wrote about it uh, the other day. I wrote about it a few weeks ago on my website. What I would do for Brian Roberts playing second base in a Cleveland uniform next year, uh, he is the perfect guy. If you want to keep Grady at leadoff, I mean, you can bat him second. He's fast. He plays solid defense. He's got pop. Uh, he's everything you want for this team. You pu- you put him in second base, bat him second, and we are instantly better. It, 
as a veteran, another veteran guy as well to, to add to this uh, mix of youngsters. And, uh, I mean, you got an infield there with Johnny at third, as Drupal at short, Brian Roberts at second, and your combination of Garko and Victor at first base. Uh, and and I, I, I think you're golden. I really do. So I, I would say second base. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things on the on the move, um, you know, Johnny to to third base. Um, yeah, obviously, this is something that's been talked about, uh, particularly in in the blog world, um, uh, for a long time. Um, and I saw something the other day. I think it was, uh, might have been Terry Pluto put up that ESPN had done some kind of study that uh, Johnny Peralta was ranked 15th in range among uh, Major League Baseball shortstops. Now, my first thought when I saw that ranking was, I think they've miscalculated, because um, I don't believe that Johnny Peralta is 15th. But even if he is, let's, let's assume they're right, and Johnny Peralta is the 15th best ranging shortstop, best defensive shortstop. Um, you've got a player on the roster who would be in the top five in that category, and is Drupal Cabrera. And you have a glaring hole at third base. You know, I don't know what, what Johnny Peralta is going to be like at third base, um, but I do know that it takes less range. And, and certainly you would think that a, a guy, you know, who's, who's played shortstop his whole life would be able to handle, you know, some of the shots that, that come at you at third base. His arm, I don't, have, I, I don't have concerns about his arm being strong enough. That's never been the concern with, with Peralta. The, the concern is that he just flat can't get to some balls. And uh, I think that, that that move of him over there is, is a natural. Uh, how about another area? Craig, what do you, what do you see as another big area of need? Uh, I'm just going to say pitching depth across the board. I want, I, when we come to spring training next year, I want options. I want options in the starting rotation. Uh, I like a lot of the young options that we currently have on the roster, but I'm a little bit afraid that not all of those are going to work out. And obviously the bullpen. I need, I need options. I need I need options, whether they come from overseas, whether they come from the, the veteran journeyman. Uh, I, don't, I don't care. Throw 15, 20 guys at me. I want, I want options. Sure. That's my pitching options. That's it. You know, I wrote at the beginning of the season, and, and I was obviously wrong, um, but I wrote at the beginning of the season that I thought the Indians had the best starting pitching in the league. And I said that not because one through three I thought we had the best but one through seven or eight, I thought we had seven or eight guys that were capable of, of starting games at the big league level. And, um, you know, many of those players, as it turns out, that, that started for us weren't even in that seven and eight I was counting on. Now, obviously, injuries played a big role in that, but, but I'm with you. We need options. And, and to be honest with you, just with the young guys, you know, and Cliff Lee and, and Hope and Fausto bounces back, you know, Westbrook, we're not going to have him till the middle of next year. And even when we do, you know, you kind of you kind of shudder at thinking to have to depend on a guy coming back from that kind of surgery. You know, I, I think that there needs to be a, a veteran brought in, to be honest with you. Here's my only concern about that. Yeah, Paul Bird replacement. Here's my only concern about that, guys. Uh, Mark Shapiro was, is the guy who brought in Jason Johnson and force-fed him down our throats while we had several young guys uh, like an Aaron Laffey and, and the Jeremy Sowers who at that time you know, seemed ready. I, I, I can't. I mean, do, do we really want to go and, and give a Kip Wells or a Josh Fogg? I mean, aren't we better off trying to develop one of our younger guys in, uh, in that spot? I mean, it couldn't hurt for depth. Uh, but I think, you know, and I also think that one of those young starters is probably going to get dealt. But, 
you know, the depth may be that they picked up in, in Anthony Reyes. And, I mean, I'm not a huge Zach Jackson fan, but somehow the guy was pitching into the sixth and seventh every time out. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, and he's out of options, and so is Reyes. So you can bet that both of those guys, one will be in the I, – I, I would put 95% Reyes will be in the rotation, and Jackson will probably be the long man. But uh, and as you said at the beginning of the year, if you remember, Mark Shapiro said we have an eight-man rotation, and uh, <laughs> I don't know how that worked out. I, did, I wrote a piece on it today on, on ToddDairy.com if you want to check it out. But uh, I think we got plenty of options in the rotation. The bullpen is definitely where we have to just. I, I agree. You, you sign as many guys as you can, throw them up against the wall. Hopefully, a couple of them will stick. Well, speaking of that, you know that. Kind of brings us into our next thing. Can Jensen Lewis close for a contender? You know, we we saw him down the stretch this year perform pretty well. Um, what's your thought on that? Is is he a guy that we can that we can count on? You know, on a team that's that's battling for first place. Well, I, I would say yes. I love his makeup. He looked like a guy who wanted the ball in the ninth inning in the, in these. Uh, last, uh, I'd say, six to eight weeks that he was closing. I mean, he did close 13 for 13 uh, and save opportunities down the stretch. Um, he's, his velocity came back. He likes to go right at guys. He's not, he, he, has, uh, he doesn't have control problems. He's, he's, he's a strike thrower, which, and he's not a nibbler, which we've watched with Whitman and uh, Borowski over the last you know, five, six years. Mm-hmm. So I do like a, you know, uh, I want a hard thrower back there. Uh, you know, you can consider, I mean, while Lewis is only topping out probably at 92, he is more of a hard thrower. Um, whether or not he can do it in the uh, in a pent race, hey, he came up last year in a pent race. They threw him out there in the seventh and eighth inning, and, and, and he did an excellent job in front of Perez and Betancourt. Uh, yes, the ninth inning may be different, but I think he can handle it. Okay. Um, Craig, anything uh, to add on Lewis? Uh, I, I'd like. I just want to say that I'd like to think that he can do it, but uh, I, I don't even trust myself anymore. I, you know, I thought I thought David Risky had the opportunity to do it back in the day. So, fair enough. You know, Risky and Jensen Lewis have that similar delivery too. They have that. They have a similar game. I think uh, Jensen's head's just a little bit better than Risky's, though. <laughs> well, we're going to talk uh, now. I'm going to throw out some names here, and uh, I want you to tell me your gut feeling. Your gut feeling for next year. Um, Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, please. I think you you missed one on uh, we were going to talk about Cliff Lee as well. Oh, you're right. You're right. What, what can we expect from Cliff Lee next year? Obviously, I don't think any of us are going to say 22-3, and three, uh, but uh, what do you expect from Cliff next year? Uh, me personally, I, I expect the same solid approach. I, I certainly don't expect the same exact results. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of uh, starting pitchers' results in this day and age are, are luck and the bullpen and everything else. I do expect Cliff to to rack up a lot of innings again, and uh, hopefully, uh, if we're lucky, be somewhere between be around 15, 16 wins, somewhere in that in that area. Mm-hmm. That's probably my expectations. Okay. As, uh, as we're talking, Manny Ramirez just deposits one into the left field bleachers at Wrigley. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> uh, as for what I think of Cliff, I'd say you know I, I would I could say 16 to 18 wins. This is a guy who was pitching angry this season. I mean, he was coming inside. He didn't care who was up. He treated everybody the same. Uh, 
just, I mean, imagine if he would have been pitching in a, on a good team, uh, how many wins he, he may have had. I mean, I think there, there was some stat, uh, he, he had a higher percentage of wins of any starting pitcher, or, uh, any starting pitcher for their team uh, than anybody in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I see a guy who's pitching angry. He wants to prove that he, uh, last year, was a complete fluke. And I, I see this continuing. He's only, uh, I think he's only two years away from that big contract, too. So no reason to think that that's going to slow down at all. Okay. I do think that he got a lot of a lot of run support and a lot of breaks. Now, obviously, he led the league in ERA, too, so, you know, he, he was you can't take anything away from him. But I do think when you talk about, you know, luck and the ball bouncing his way, I think that in all of his starts, I think everybody out there expected to win that game, um, which, you know, is something that we had going last year with CC and uh, Fausto. Uh, this year we had it with Cliff Lee. All right, gut feeling uh, for, for next season, bounces back or continues their slide. We're going to start with Craig Victor Martinez. Uh, I think Victor bounces back. He's got versatility. He can play a couple different positions, and uh, he's a natural-born hitter. It was just the injury this year. He's back. Okay. And it, did you see something from him once he came back this year that tells you that injury might be history? No, not necessarily. This is just pure Homer faith. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think you know what I think he showed some of the old pop. I mean, he hit a couple home runs, which he wasn't even sniffing the warning track right. before he got hurt. So. Okay. Uh, Todd, Travis Hafner. I'm sad to say that I think the slide continues for Bronk. Look, I I think Travis is a a great guy, and I think he tries real hard and he really wants it. But, you know, there's a lot of whispers out there that that, uh, part of the reason that, A, his shoulder is hurt, and, B, his major decline in performance is is because he can no longer be taking steroids. I, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that that's true, but, you know, he was pretty uh, average at best in 2007. This year, he looked like a complete shell of himself. Then they sat him out for three months, told us that he was, you know, ready to go. And when he came back, it was more of the same. He was not driving the ball at all. I mean, I, where's the guy going to, to, to left center gaps? Uh, and I also think a lot of it in his, is in his head. And, and he worries me a lot. I mean, we're at the beginning, you know, people forget. Yes, he signed that extension during the 07 season. Next year is when that four-year extension kicks in. So he better turn it around. You know, it's, it's typical of uh, Dolan fashion. They finally pony up. And, and uh, the two guys was uh, Jake Westbrook, you know, needs Tommy John surgery one, uh, one year into his deal. And uh, Travis, before his deal even starts, looked like he's already in the tank. Hmm. Well, i I got to say that I haven't seen anything from him that tells me he's over that injury. And until I see something from him that tells me he's over the injury, uh, I can't imagine that, that his slide uh, would stop. Um, Craig, back to you with Ryan Garko. Ryan Garko, I think uh, I think it's going to be about the same. I, I don't I don't see him doing much better or being much more consistent. I I still think at this point um, he has to play more of a platoon type role at first base. I don't think he's a full time starter. Uh, I'd love for him to prove me wrong, but I just don't see it. Okay, uh, Todd with Ezdrubal Cabrera. I think we're going to see a big bounce back. I think we see what we saw in August and September from his Drupal. I think he learned his lesson uh, being sent to the minors. I think you see him come back in tip-top shape. And if he's playing shortstop, his natural position, I think it's only going to help him at the plate. I've never been one that bought into the, hey, he's playing out of position, he's not playing, uh, he's not hitting well 
but I, I actually take some stock into that for Asdrubal. So I, I think we're going to see you know the beginning of uh, a stardom for Asdrubal next year. Craig Fausto Carmona. Well, with the firing of uh, Louis Isaac, I think we'll see. No, more serious. <laughs> uh, I think I think Fausto can come back. I think uh, I think being healthy and and getting to work from the beginning of of uh, spring training, assuming he can be healthy, I think we will see the return of of the nasty, nasty stuff that Fausto Carmona throws. Okay. Um, I, I have to say with Fausto, I don't know that we'll ever see a season out of him like we saw uh, last year, um, you know, as far as possibly leading the league in the ERA. But I certainly think that, that he'll improve on this year. Uh, Todd Franklin Gutierrez. I'm going to say the same, uh, just just like Craig said about Garco. I think he is what he is. To be honest with you, I think – I don't know if he can hit enough to be an everyday fielder, uh, everyday player. I really – Love his defense, his speed, uh, and he, he was improved in August and September. Uh, I think he hit over 300 both months, but I, I think he's the perfect fourth outfielder uh, rotating in. I think if you got an outfield next year with, uh, obviously, Grady playing center, and then you got uh, Benny Francisco, Shinsu Chu, and Frankie G and rotating, and, the, and all of them getting quality at bats. I, I think Frankie will just basically provide you, you know, a little bit of hitting, great defense. And you know what? Wedge had said in, in his outgoing press conference that they'd like to get Grady more rest uh, next year because he kind of wore down down the stretch. I mean, you have a you have a Gold Glove caliber center fielder ready to go in Franklin Gutierrez if you, if you need be. So uh, I'm I'm just going to stick with the same. Okay. Craig Raphael Bentoncourt. Boy, I, I I think he can get better. Uh I'm not sure. I I'm not I'm not sure what his deal was. If if it was all in his head this year, then I, I think he's gonna bounce back. I think he's gonna be better. Um you know, 'cause the the expectation level is, is now off. If the expectation sure. level was high coming into this year, it's off now. Okay. And uh last but not least the outfielder that uh, Todd neglected to mention earlier. Todd Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, you've got David DeLucci. Wow, you've got, you know, you've got three know. minutes. <laughs> I don't know who I'd rather have right now, Todd Nixon or DeLucci. <laughs> to be honest with you, uh, people who are familiar with my work know that I can't stand him. I, 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 the, the infatuation with David DeLucci in that clubhouse it just defies all logic. I, I can't understand why. How about in August and September when we're, we're, we're trying to supposedly learn about our young guys? And Wedge is out there batting him second, batting him third, and playing him in left field. He's got no range. He's got no glove. He can't hit anymore, even though he, he was never more than a, a platoon player at best. And, you know, we were talking about the disappointments earlier in, in uh, the show. A major disappointment for me was that we came out of spring training with the Michaels DeLucci left field platoon. I mean, we all knew that was going to be a colossal disaster. How does how does Mark Shapiro and Eric Wedge how how can they sell that to each other? I I, I just I DeLucci if you know Wedge said in his outgoing press conference the quote on David DeLucci was as of right now he will be back. Okay, I mean. Can, can somebody put a bullet in my head? I mean, I, I, if I have to watch him for another season, I think I'm going to end it. I'm serious. I can't take it anymore. We got rid of Casey Blake finally, and at least he could produce. I, I, all, right. all right. Was was that good enough? 
Okay. <laughs> Did I rip him? You know, my wife once asked me about David DeLucci, and she said, you don't seem to like him too much. And I said, you know, he reminds me of the guy on your church league softball team that you can't stand. And, and I don't know why. I've never met the man, but for some reason, just his demeanor and his approach to the game and, and kind of his swagger for a bench player just blows my mind. You know, he, he just seems like he, he, he thinks he's a great outfielder or something or a great hitter, and he absolutely is not. You take away that home run he hit off Jabba Chamberlain in, in May in, in New York, and what? tell me something he contributed to this team. Other, other than that stupid beard. <laughs> well, I got, I got to, I got to interject just because I, I heard somebody take a shot at Casey Blake. It's not going to happen today. But I would, I would go and I would debate you that Casey Blake is actually a valuable addition to any team. Absolutely, I would take him as a utility man all day. But when he was batting second, like and batting third, and and you know, never, ever, ever getting a day off, and was the cornerstone of this franchise, <laughs> that was the main problem. For my friends, years, I used to call him Baseball Jesus because he could play any position on the field. You know what? You know what's funny? Last year, I really decided. You know what? I'm off this guy's back. When October came around, I said I'm going to get off his back. Then he grounded into that five-four-three double play on the first pitch in Game Seven, and then the and then the first pitch of the next at bat made the error uh, that that opened the floodgates in Boston. And I said it, the entire season has been forgotten for me. That's it. <laughs> They don't hold grudges. That's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, we, we do want to thank Todd for joining us. It's uh, ToddDerry.com, T-O-D-D-D-E-R-Y.com. And uh, you might remember him uh, from his uh, websites, Dumping David DeLucci and DumpCaseyBlake.com. Todd, we appreciate you being on, buddy. Guys, thanks for having me, and I love what you guys do over there waiting for next year. You're, you're truly uh, a model of, of consistency and quality, and everybody in Cleveland should, should be reading you guys. You're, you're much better than the Plain Dealer Ackerman Journal. Well, we, we appreciate the compliments, and, and if everybody in Cleveland was reading us, then we might have a little better uh, uh, package to offer you for <laughs> the podcast. But we appreciate your time. Right, my uh, pleasure, guys. Much. Thank you. Everybody, make sure you check out ToddDerry.com. And uh, thank you very much for tuning in to the podcast this week. Join us next week when our guests will be. I have no idea, but I can guarantee you they'll love Cleveland sports. We are out of here. Strike three, call ball game. This has been the WaitingForNextYear.com podcast. For complete coverage of the Browns, Indians, Cavaliers, and all your Cleveland teams, log on to WaitingForNextYear.com. Contact us on the Internet. Thank you, and good day.